my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are all having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today, as always. And be sure to check out the website with the product of the week, the zinc glycinate. And we told you I'd have the kit up ready to go for people that were interested in it. On sale right now, the Spike Protein Survival Kit on the front page of the website for over 10% off. That includes our vitamin E formula, our natokinase, and our N-acetylcysteine, three very, very effective supplements that we have now been trying for a significant period of time now to really help out with overall healthy blood circulation in the body and healthy detoxification of the body as well as we have seen so many people start to have issues with not only if they even got the shot, but just the the shedding of spike proteins, even in un uninjected individuals with RNA shots. I hate using the term vaccine, I'll be honest with you, because as I have said repeatedly for three years, it has become just a custom in our language with this incident, but it's not a vaccine. It was never a vaccine. The FDA even had to go in with the CDC and actually rewrite the definition of vaccine to try to make RNA gene therapy fall under the scope of what the definition would be with that. And so it's frustrating to me because I've seen this and I saw an article earlier this morning now came out yesterday and it's, I mean, it's hard for me not to start saying bad words on this. I'll be honest with you It's clear now 100% that the FDA is being completely controlled and operated by Pfizer. If you don't believe that, you can simply look at what they just did yesterday. The FDA gave full authorization on the fourth booster dose of the Pfizer Biotech bivalent Omicron vaccine. I'm saying that word loosely again for children six months old and older. This is this is insanity to me. Said children that have had their regular booster, second, third booster shot two months prior, have now complete their fourth booster shot. The FDA recommends that they get this as soon as possible. This bivalent RNA component provides broad protection immune response against COVID-19. First off, guys, Omicron is already long gone. That entire aspect of that strand of the virus is way over with. Secondly, COVID's not even floating around much anymore unless people have been shot up with it. They're not talking about it because most people that got it simply got the flu or is a mutated flu or whatever you want to believe is perfectly fine. But I can tell you one thing. There is no justifiable reason on any aspect of this earth that six-month-olds need to be getting in even a COVID shot to start off with, much less a total of four booster shots. Now, the thing that I don't understand about this, and this is the part that I'm kind of troubled about, they're saying at least two months prior to getting this booster, children must completed their three-dose primary vaccine series. Well, it's approved for ages six months old and older. So how are you possibly supposed to get the three-dose primary vaccine series before six months if you're not to get it until six months and how do you approve this new fourth booster shot for six months old and older does that mean pediatricians now are giving the covid shot to two and three month olds i don't know but doesn't this the numbers don't add up on this at all from the fda they're blatantly saying at least two months prior to getting this booster children must have completed their three dose primary vaccine series and then right before this it says that children six months and older are eligible to get the next Omicron booster shot. 
This is so far-fetched, so bizarre, and so sadistic, I can't even go into, into much further. I'm be honest with you, i got too much other stuff to cover today. I have pleaded with parents over and over and over again, do not allow your children to be injected with this stuff, much less, honestly, any shots. Do your own research. I encourage you to do that. But this is so sick now that the FDA is putting this stuff, which means now that they've approved it, the CDC guarantee you is going to pick it up. So now we're looking at four new total COVID shots added onto the injection roster of young children. And this is not going to go well. I can promise you that right now. If you have grown adults that are coming down with myocarditis, if you have grown healthy adults that are coming down with blood clots after they get this shot, and now you're saying we're going to inject in six-month-olds, eight-month-old, 12-month-old, 18-month-old, totally fine. Don't worry about it. Safe, completely safe RNA gene therapy. This is going to change the entire fabric of the next generation. It is. This is, this is going to change time. This is going to change and have unbelievably unintended consequences that will, quite frankly, these guys probably want to have happen. And it's going to be sad to me because a lot of these children are never even going to know what happened to them. There's a reason why this new Gargisil, uh lawsuit has expanded so much now with the, the small little excerpt that we have found out now that I've looked at this and Steve and I were talking about it yesterday. So apparently, if and this is, this is on page 1,236 of the 1986 Vaccine Manufacturer Protection Act, the Public Health and Welfare. There is a small little clause in here that's a paragraph long that's on page 1,236. This is pertaining to the new Gardasil vaccine lawsuit that if an individual is damaged from an injection, childhood injection, and they go to the vaccine court, right? We've talked about this, and it's Funded by taxpayer money, ironically enough. If the ruling is not what the parent or child or attorney wants, they can decline the ruling and decline the cash payout. And it says an election can be filed under the subsection no later than 90 days after the dates of the court's final judgment with respect to which the election is to be made, and you would draw the petition. The special master fails to make a decision on this petition within 240 days prescribed by the section. The court fails to enter a judgment under the section. What this all means is essentially you have these very specific time frames under the 1986 Act where if you go to court and you are granted a win and they are going to give you money, you can actually decline the win and you can file a lawsuit against the manufacturers directly of the vaccine. But there's like three different time frames that all have to be met right after one another. Well, they have now been met with the Merck Gargisil HPV vaccine now. And the vaccine is actually going, the, the lawsuit is actually going into court now and it's going to be big. It's going to be very, very big now as judge appoints four lawyers to lead the Gardasil MDL multi-district litigation now. This started the end of last year and it's going into detail on how unbelievably damaging this Gardasil HPV vaccine was. I told everybody, we said it for years, do not let your young uh, children, boys, girls, either of them, get this shot. It's unbelievably damaging. And what's happened is now, I read about it, one of the reasons why they went off Gardasil is because there's a big gap of childhood vaccines because the Gardasil shot isn't recommended until basically prepubescence or teenage years, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. 
Well, there's this big gap of health, of, of no injections before that. And so what you've seen now is very healthy children who actually made it through the gauntlet of all these injections and haven't been insanely harmed from the first round of shots as they were growing up. And they're 11, 12, 13 years old, perfectly healthy, not a single health problem whatsoever. They get this Gardasil shot, and Gillian-Barr syndrome is one of the number one side effects and numerous other ones that go along with it, including death. And so – these, these attorneys got a huge case on their hands, and they said this is probably going to be one of the largest vaccine lawsuits in history. Now, this thing's probably going to drag out for years, if not maybe a decade. But again, it's going to set precedent once it does. And I did not know this, like I said earlier, that you could actually decline the payout from the vaccine court and go in and actually file within a certain amount of time frame to go after the manufacturers of the shot. This is a it literally, it's like a paragraph long on page 1,236. You can look at it. The whole bill in 1986 was over 2,000 pages. Ironically enough, they do this intentionally to make it virtually impossible for the normal average individual to understand what they're passing. This is why Rand Paul rolled out that one spending bill. It was, what, it was like two, two, what, three, four, five thousand pages. It was insane. He rolled it on a dolly, stacks tall. They, they gave them the bill, you know, two days where they're supposed to vote on it. Oh, by the way, we got to vote on it so we can read it and see what's in it. Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to see what's in it. They just pass it blatantly because they're told to pass it. This is what has become so corrupt now in this country and why it is so important to continue to wake people up to help prevent them before they get into this unbelievably horrific medical industrial merry-go-round that keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, especially when it comes to these shots, especially when it comes to all of this. So I encourage you, keep your immune system strong as best as possible. If you've got any questions, feel free to give us a call up on the Spike Protein Survival Kit if you're interested in it, or you can order on the website over 10% off at healthmasters.com. What do you think, Dad? Well, Awesome. This approval of FDA for these young kids, we knew it was coming, but now they're going booster after booster after booster after booster, and it's going to massively sterilize these kids, in my opinion. Now, I think that's the goal here is mass sterilization of an entire generation, plus it's going to create a whole bunch of hermaphrodites because they're not going to have proper secondary sexual characteristics of the ovaries and the – Austin, you're breathing this, Mike. They're not going to have properly – they're not going to have proper secondary sex characteristics you know, if their testicles are inhibited or if their ovaries are inhibited, they can't have proper production of, of hormones and progesterone and estrogen and testosterone and luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone, all the stuff that has to happen with ovaries and all the stuff that has to happen with testicles. And I, I think this is one of the big pushes for the hemaphroditic agenda. This is one of the big pushes for the acceptance of transgenders. I believe they're doing this on purpose because they know what's coming. They know what they're going to do this entire generation of children and other training these children these younger children basically to accept this agenda with all the filth of the textbooks, et cetera, et cetera, and all the personal pronouns and all the other things they have. And I believe this is something that's been going and coming upon us now for about 20 years. And it really cranked up with Obama uh, as far as with what he was doing, you know, him being gay and him being married to a tranny, according to Joan Rivers and on and on and on and on. And, the, and we're seeing this just kind of manifest before us. You know, it, it was really, it wasn't in slow motion as much as it was in hyperspeed that when Obama got into office, and now it's just getting worse and worse and worse with Biden, you know, appointing, you know, men as women of the year and, and women in sports being completely decimated by men, you know, going against women, which is completely unfair because of bone density and muscle density. I mean, it's ridiculous because of the Y chromosome. 
but they're doing it. They're creating a hermaphroditic agenda here, and a lot of these kids will also be very sterile. They won't be able to reproduce, and they're going to massively drop the population of the United States down. I mean, why else are they bringing this massive immigration into the United States? Because they know they're about to decimate the population, and it's, and it's primarily going against white people, by the way. And I know that some blacks have gotten shots, but most blacks that I know didn't get the shot. Most Hispanics that I know that come from other countries have not gotten the shot, uh, but the whites have lined up like just uh, guinea pigs, you know, being led to the slaughter. Because they've been basically told that they're white, and there's basically their white privilege has prevented them from having the shot, and they've got to have the shot to prove that they're, you know, they're they're worthy of the shot. And they, they remember how they did it, Austin, when they first started this? They said we only have enough. If they had, if they came into a community with 100,000 people, we only have 25,000 shots. And that's not true. Yep. They had hundreds of thousands of shots. So what they did, they made a mass hysteria. People lining up, lining up, lining up. That's what happened to our car guy that we know who died. From the blood clots, he says, I was lined up first thing in the morning because I knew they didn't have enough shots. And I got all four of my boosters within two weeks, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I figured I was looking at a dead man walking and I was right. And now all these people coming out with blood clots and and myocarditis and pericarditis and strokes and heart attacks. Uh, I was speaking with a a friend of mine who's who's an attorney up in Tallahassee and they were in a little trial and they were doing really well with the trial, getting a person who's innocent off. And the judge went home last night and just died, just died with a heart attack. And so this is going to happen everywhere. We're going to see it more and more and more. And again, it's what I told you would happen. They're going to use the covering of cancer, the covering of heart disease, the covering of diabetes, the covering of all these other diseases to justify all of these deaths and not to make them equate back to the clot shot. But now here we are, more and more and more boosters for young children. I'm glad the state of Florida has opted out of this. I wish the state of Florida would make it illegal to give these kids the shots. I wish the state of Florida would step up with this and say, we're not going to do this when it's illegal to do this. The pediatricians can't do this. You'd be held liable for this. That's what I wish the state of Florida would do. That's what I wish the whole country would do. And that's what parents need to do. They just need to say no to this, no to this. But then listen to me, friends. A lot of people go to the doctor's office and they get these kids injected with 76 different vaccines, now more because of the, the Gardasil shots and all the other things we're trying to give these kids and also the, the, the COVID shots. And all these kids are coming in and their parents are not asking any questions. Well, I've got a problem with that. You know, when Austin, when Sharon was pregnant with Austin, you know, 35 years ago, you know, the first thing I started doing was reading books. And I read several books. I read Confessions of a Medical Heretic by Dr. Mendelssohn, still in print. You still buy it. Excellent book. And then I wrote, read another book that he had also written called How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Pediatrician, and he was a pediatrician. So I read those two books, and I really got an earful, plus I had a good friend of mine. His name was Jeff, and Jeff basically had a son who had been immunized and was severely brain damaged from it, and he was warning everybody at that point. He was also a, a naturopathic physician. He was warning everybody not to vaccinate their children because he'd become a naturopath after his son had had this happen to him at a clinic and everything else up in Daytona Beach. A really great guy. And what ended up happening is you just ended up in a situation where, you know, these parents don't ask questions anymore. They, they're like, because they were vaccinated. That That's the problem we have here because this vaccine stuff started in 86. So all these young kids that were born in 86 that are in their 30s now, and they're for, you're pushing 40 now, they were all vaccinated. And so to them, it's normal. Again, you get normalcy bias going again. Well, it's normal to get vaccinated. You go to the doctor's office, you scream and yell, you have a needle stuck in you, and you're unbelievably scared. And you get shot after shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, and it's normal. And don't worry about your lights go out and your IQ drops off and you basically become brain damaged. You have all kinds of other horrible side effects from it. Don't, that, that's okay. Nothing to see here. Move on. And, and that's exactly what happens with all of this. You know, people don't ask questions. And, you know, because a lot of them have been dumbed down so much by the fluoride or the shots that they received, they don't think through it. 
you know, I've got friends now that basically have a child. We have friends who have a child who basically we warned him and warned him and warned him not to get the vaccine because of the problems associated with autism. And he told us it was going to be basically God's will if his son had autism. Thought I'd mention that. Not going to mention any names. I love the guys. Like, like, he, like a son to me. And now he has a son that has autism. So he gave him the shots. And now he is adamantly opposed to any shots at all from anyone at any time. But why did it take that? Why did it take having to get a child that has autism in order for you to learn the truth and to read and to understand there's too many risks associated with this stuff? I wrote the book, Maximum Solutions to ADD, Autism, and Learning Disabilities, over, over 20 years ago. I've been leading this fight forever and ever and ever for 40 years now. And, guys, it's important that we do understand that, that there are certain things that we should do and certain things we shouldn't do. I never had a pediatrician for any of my children, period. We went to Dr. Todd Robinson for the kids. He's, he's passed away now. And Dr. Harold Robinson, he's passed away now. But they were general practitioners that basically practiced preventive medicine. And they told me when I brought the kids into them, which was very, very rarely, don't bring a healthy child to the doctor to get checked because you may catch something in the doctor's office. That's what he told me. Just watch the weight. You can put them on the scales. Put a height table up so you know how they're growing. Make sure they're eating their food, taking their supplements, and just leave them be and let God do what God does as far as growing these kids. But we don't need to be injecting them. Now, Todd would give you certain vaccines if you ask him. We try to use the individual vaccines instead of the, the shots like MMR. We have measles, mumps, and rubella all combined together prevent the toxicity load. But the sad part about this is, is that people like Todd that I knew, that I know were Todd, I mean, we were actually planning on moving from Florida years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And we, one of the reasons we did not move was because of, the, because of Dr. Todd Robinson and Dr. Harold Robinson, because we did not want to try to find another physician. Harold was so good that if you had an accident, you cut yourself or whatever on the weekend. I remember one time Sharon was we had our, our motorhome out. We had the slides on the motorhome. We pulled out. And we were loading it up. It was Mother's Day. We were taking her to the beach, and it was Sunday. And we basically, she was walking. And she had a hat on. She didn't see the slide. And boom, she hit that slide and sliced her forehead open right over her eyebrow. I mean, sliced it open. I mean, she was bleeding everywhere. We called up Dr. Robinson. He met us at his doctor's office on Sunday morning, was there within like 20 minutes. that He stitched her up, and she was fine. That's the kind of doctors that are the real doctors, the ones that will sit there and help you and take care of you and meet you in their clinic and not force you to go to the emergency room. He was a great guy. Love that guy. Still do. And when he had his funeral, the place was packed. And his son died a few years later. His place was packed again. But those are the kind of physicians that you look for in your area that don't require you to do it. Now, I want to read something to you because this is, com- this is, com- this is coming up again. Do Christians have permission to pray imprecatory prayers? Now, you guys know how I feel about imprecatory prayers. They're basically curses that you're laying on people to kill them and to stop them and to harm them and everything else. It comes out of Psalms with David was running away from Saul and all the other things that were going on with him. This was Old Testament before Jesus. Now, this is an interesting article from John Piper. And he says, he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm thinking of John for John 1 where it says, there is a sin that is unto death. I do not say you should pray for that sin, meaning if you can discern in somebody they have sinned in such a way that they are beyond repentance, don't pray for that sin. Don't don't pray for their forgiveness. Here's what he says. Now, I've never known anybody of whom I could say they are so beyond repentance that I will not pray for them. I had a grandmother who I thought probably was in that condition, but I could never bring myself not to pray for her conversion. But that's different from actually praying for their damnation. And the reason I'm hesitant here, people are wondering, why are you hesitant? Just say no. It's because I can't think I can think of circumstances where this might be fitting. I, I cannot think of this. Okay. So here's the thing. Jesus said, love your enemies. 
pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who abuse you. So I don't think that today, without being scripture writers like the psalmist, or we should pray for people's damnation. We should bless people, pray for their conversion, or not pray for them if God made it clear that they're not going to be saved. I, I couldn't say it any better. I'm going to say it again. Bless those who abuse you. Bless those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who abuse you. You don't pray in precatory prayers. This is Old Testament stuff. This is basically back with God's wrath. And, and a lot of people say when you do that, it's like practicing witchcraft. So be very, very careful with this kind of stuff because, you know, the witchcraft stuff is when you're trying to manipulate circumstances and things. you got to be so careful with this, and you have to understand that you need to be praying things for God. But if you, if you want to pray that basically God is, you know, uh, you know is, is, is going to fix something, like if there's, if there's this disunity in church – you, you know, basically, you pray it like this. Instead of cursing the people that are causing the disunity, you can do it this way. Christ bought and paid for the unity in his body when his, all his, you know, when, you know, when his bones were, when he was crucified. If a person needs salvation, pray for the salvation so the inheritance of Christ be fully recognized. If someone needed healing, you know, this guy named Finney prayed for their healing because Jesus bought and paid for their healing. And so all of this stuff needs to be important that we learn that we don't curse people. Pray they're exposed. Pray that people find out. Pray they stop. Pray they just you know do whatever. But don't pray and curse people. Pray because you want Jesus to receive his full inheritance. Pray because you want the Holy Spirit to not be grieved. Pray because you want the Father's plan for your life to be fully manifest. Pray because you want God's kingdom and the government to increase in your life and in the lives of others. Pray the will of God and pray the word of God. Uh, for, for example, if your husband doesn't treat you well, pray, Father, I pray that you would fill my husband with your spirit. Help him to love righteousness and hate sin. Let him love like you love. I pray that you would give him all wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let him see you, love you, and honor you in everything. So, you see, it's just, you know, just let, let the prayer be positive. If you need to pray for a job or a better paying job, you can pray that, Father, I pray that you would direct my steps and bring me into the job that you have for me. If this is the one, then Father, grant me favor. Be the answer of my tongue in, in this interview. Show me what to say and when to say it. And let me be a blessing to my employer. But if it's not the job you want me to have, then I pray that you protect me from it. No matter what, I know it's your desire to bless me. Please perfect those things that concern me and guard my steps so your plan will come to fruition. Instead of praying that the person who has the job that you want gets fired. You see the difference? Joe has the job I want. I pray that he gets fired. I curse him. <laughs> God's an imprecatory prayer. I mean, what the heck was that? That's not okay. You know, I like Joe's wife. I pray they get divorced so I can marry his wife. No, don't pray stuff like that. It's just it's incredibly negative. It's basically witchcraft is what it is when you curse people and do all kinds of other things. Just imagine yourself standing in front of a cauldron and a witch's brew stirring it while you pray that nasty stuff. Don't do it. Pray that God's will be exposed and that God's will be done in all the people. Pray that Hillary Clinton be exposed. Pray that people understand who she is. Pray that Bill Clinton be exposed and people understand who she is. Don't pray for them to die. Don't pray for them to be cursed. Don't, don't pray any of that stuff. Just let it be. I learned a long time ago, and, and this is important that we all understand that. You know, if God wants something done, God can get it done, period. He is God. Quite frankly, he is the creators of the heaven and the earth. And if he wants to flood the entire planet, he can do it. If, if he wants to call down angels from heaven and, and, and just wipe everybody out, which he did, by the way, on the pre-demic race that was here. I just thought to mention that real quick. But if he wants to do all of that, he can do it. 
But the reality, he's given us freedom of will, and he wants to see how we're going to respond. When Jesus says, praise for those who persecute you, who despise you, who diligently use you, that's exactly what he means. The first century church in Rome didn't grow as far as Christianity grew as fast as it did because they were trying to curse everybody and pray imprecatory prayers on everybody. They loved one another, and they loved each other. And the Romans were convicted by that. They started realizing that these Christians had something going, and they were right. So we're in the middle of a mess right now because there's so many teachings out there that are just simply incorrect. They really are. But just pray for God's perfect will. Thank you, Father, that I'm always at the right place in the right time every time. Thank you, Lord, that my footsteps are ordered by you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to continue to expose all of these people who are doing all of these wrong things all the time and let people see the truth of what's happening. Thank you, Father, that our election systems are going to be fixed and we get rid of these rigged machines and people know who are do- doing it and basically get into put people in positions of power so they can stop these algorithms of what's going on. Don't pray that the people that are doing this be cursed and all go to hell. Don't pray that kind of stuff. It's not – God doesn't need your help to do this. You know, his will done his way never lacks his support, and we've got to understand that. I, I don't know why I'm coming into this this morning, but it's, it's so important to understand that because God's gotten some sharp disagreements with people about imprecatory prayers. I mean that's basically – like I said, when, when David was running away from Saul and he was praying all these crazy things in Psalms, we have Jesus. He's the answer. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. We are not under Old Testament retribution anymore. When Christ came and he died for us, there were four Old Testament precepts. It was God's relationship to man, man's relationship to man, the sanitary laws, and the dietary laws. When God came here in the form of Jesus and he died for us, he completely changed man's relationship to man and God's relationship to man, period. It's not Old Testament anymore. It's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's not that anymore. It's that we're supposed to love one another and help one another and support one another. That's what we're, all, that's what we're always going to teach on this show. I'm not going to let you guys get off into a limb somewhere and start cutting off the limb beside yourself and create bitterness and hatred. Think about it for a second. You start praying bitterness and hatred and death on somebody. What does that do to your own personal body chemistry? I'm asking that question. What does it do to your own cortisol levels when you do that? I know people that do that, and they're sick all the time. They have all kinds of health problems. They're unbelievably bitter. They're unbelievably mean. They're unbelievably nasty. And all they want to do is just argue all the time, and they want to be mad about stuff all the time. It's not okay. We're supposed to walk in love as Jesus walked in love, and we're supposed to support and help one another and pray for one another. That's the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus wanted us to do, and that's what we're going to do on this show. Austin, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? Oh, it's well said. And, you know, one thing I wanted to roll back to a second ago, you made a comment uh, for the very beginning phase of the vaccine. I want to tie back into this because this is something that I think is really, really important that a lot of people need to understand right now. And you just kind of tied it in a minute ago. This shot that they've been doing now with the Gardasil has caused enormous sterility, horrible sterilization problems. You now have this RNA shot, which we know the spike protein has been shown to store in the testes and the ovaries. We've already seen research on that when they did it on mice. So we know there's going to be a high probability these RNA shots are going to cause sterility, as Dad said earlier. They're going to cause issues with testosterone and estrogen production in both male and female, meaning they're going to start causing these kids to essentially be, like Dad said, hermaphrodites or not really either one. Because remember, when you, we're not talking about giving a child this injection when – they're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and they've already got started to go through the realms of puberty. We're talking about giving this child six months old. They're an infant. They lay there. They eat. They poop. They sleep. 
That is the extent of what they do. They are literally fresh out of the womb. And you now are going to be injecting RNA after RNA after RNA after RNA injection back to back to back to back to back into them. And people are sitting here so stinking arrogant and stupid in some of these cases. Where I've, well, I've read some of these comments on some of these pages I was reading earlier on some of those sites, Fox News and NBC, that are posting this. And some of the comments are so far out there and so stupid. Oh, thank goodness. I want to make sure my child stays protected against COVID. I never want them to have what I had. Uh, you do know that essentially no, ch- no child has actually died from COVID that I have ever been able to find in the United States over a two-year span. They said there were like 230 deaths over two years from COVID or with COVID. The problem with it was every time I tried to get the reports, it was always a child either with a very significant underlying health problem or something crazy like the one that I read where – child had a fever, allegedly had COVID, fell asleep in the bathtub and drowned. They classified as a COVID death, and there were a plethora of them like that. And every death is sad, especially when it comes to a child. But we haven't seen anything yet. This nonsense of what we're rolling out now with this shot, and this is what I was tying it into. Dad said, I don't think there is any chance that this is coincidental at all, that we have seen the most graphic, sadistic push for transgenderism, for pedophilia, for just absolute tranny nonsense in the school systems in literally the last three or four years right now, right along the time that they have now approved this shot, right along the time now you're getting these older children that are going to be the older children of these younger children that are born right now, you know, four, five, six, seven-year-olds right now are going to be the teenagers when these younger children that have gotten the shot are four, five, six, seven years old. And now you're going to have these younger children that are right now that are five, six, seven. By the time they're teenagers, they're going to be so tolerant, so accepting, so – oh, this is totally normal. Oh, about 60 to 70 percent of my classes are tranny. Yeah, this, it's fine. They change their gender every single week. I'm, I'm totally used to it. I know all the younger kids underneath me, they do it all the time. Yeah, it's normal. So all time, we've dealt with this our whole life. There's nothing abnormal about this at all. We've been in school with it the entire time. Now we're seeing first and second graders. You know, oh, the whole class is going to be you know transgender now. This is what's going to start happening in the future. This was all done very specific timing because we know what the RNA shot does. And I want to use say this again and reiterate: make sure you are protecting your own children right now, not just from the shot. Because I know all you listeners are not giving them this death shot to these children, but be proactive and. Very, very engaged in what your children go to, what they're exposed to, and what they watch. I saw an article earlier down here in Florida, and this basically this Hyatt, this giant Hyatt hotel resort with this big uh, convention center beside it. They are now the state of Florida has now filed to revoke the Hyatt's liquor license and multiple other things on because of a giant drag queen Christmas show they had there on December 27 at the James L. Knight Center at the Hyatt. The Department of Business and Professional Regulation is working to remove the venue's liquor license. According to the 17-page complaint filed by the state, the venue's admission policies allowed minors to attend the event, which had X-rated themes like performing significant simulated sex acts and showing prosthetic appendages, including fake breasts on stage. The state said that there were children in the audience, which violated state law. Sexually explicit content is not appropriate to display to children. Doing so violates Florida law. Governor DeSantis is trying to stand up for children in the classroom and throughout Florida. The Hyatt Regent Miami is now basically is being filed against to have their entire liquor license removed. 
The problem with this is, and I hope this happens to these guys, and the problem that we're running into now in this fight is that we actually have parents, primarily a lot of them are moms, and a lot of them, in my opinion, are single moms that have actually adopted this now because they want to join the woke movement because they're so angry at everyone about certain things that have happened in their life. So now they want to enjoy this movement. They want to get on this bus, so to speak, of this woke tranny bus. Oh, I want my children to do this. I want my children to do this. Not only is it unbelievably hedonistic, it is completely and totally demonic. This is what they're going for. They want to put these images in these young children that they will never be able to unsee. Then they want to start having more and more children in the school start going down this route. Now they want to start injecting them with this RNA gene therapy, which they're already doing in this younger generation, which is more than likely, as Dad said, probably actually going to sterilize a lot of these young children. So it's not just going to be this kid's confused because of propaganda. This kid's going to be confused because he does not have any significant sex hormones that are being produced in his body whatsoever. His body is like in a stalemate. It's not functioning properly after this RNA shot. This is what the overall goal is. I think Dad nailed it on the head earlier. So I encourage you, get the truth out there because it is our duty to do the best we can to continue to wake people up. So I saw a video earlier last night. This former pro cyclist retires. Pro, I mean, pro, biological female, pro cyclist retires because the unfair advantages held by the transgender women, the biological males, allowed to compete in her sport. The letter from the former cyclocross champion Hannah Arntzman appeared in a SCOTUS case filing Monday, contesting a challenge to West Virginia Save Women's Sports Act. She wrote she's retiring after her dreams were shattered by a biological male tranny athlete. She said, over the past few years, I have had to race directly against male cyclists in a women's event. As this has become more of a reality, it's become increasingly discouraging to train as hard as I do, only to have you lose to a man with an unfair advantage of an androgenized body that it intrinsically gives him an obvious advantage over me no matter how hard I train or I push myself. She wrote this after a race in December 2022 in which she placed fourth behind two male riders. It was dominated by two male riders. One other girl barely squeaked in, and then this girl got fourth. <laughs> she said, my sister and family sobbed as they watched a grown man finish in front of me, having witnessed several physical interactions with him throughout the race. Footage from the December race shows one of the physical encounters Arzman mentioned in which third place finisher Austin Killips, a biological male, used his bike to try to actually knock her down in a corner. Because in this cycling event, it's like off-roading as well. And you can watch the video. The guy, the grown man, can't believe he's actually got my name. That's embarrassing. I'll be honest with you on that. He's grown man is Picking up his bike because there's a big like pothole, big mud pothole, and he's carrying his bike around it. He gets around it. He makes the corner. This girl, Sarah, takes an outside sweep lane pretty quick. She's really good maneuvering. He literally rushes up out of his way. He's going straight. He rushes to a hard right L and pushes into her, shoves his bike into her intentionally, and shoves her almost through the fence. And then she finally gets past him as he's trying to shove her more, and then he puts his bike down and chases her. No flags. No penalties, nothing. And apparently he did this three separate times in this race, and one of them was on video footage. Didn't matter. No flag, no nothing. Completely and totally nothing. Because, well, they're told these guys need to win. This isn't just about 
men winning sports against women. This is about changing the entire ideology of history, about completely ruining the moral compass of the United States and their younger generation. It's about normalizing perversion. It's about saying that a grown man that essentially is a complete loser in his sport, that has a mental disorder, and he's basically he's, – he's got gender dysphoria. He is a loser in his sport, and he has a mental disorder, now has more rights than every other person in the sport that's a biological female. It goes against all scientific backing, against all civilized norms, but yet they're normalizing it. And I thought earlier when dad was making that comment about this, I said they can't just be doing this off the cuff just to push this agenda. They can't just be pushing grown men in sports that are total losers because they simply want to make sure it's fair because clearly it's not fair by all means. They're doing this because they want to set the precedent over the next five to ten years now where as this continues to go on and this next younger generation who has now been sterilized by four RNA shots, they're going to look at it and go, bro, you can't, can't discriminate against these young little children. They can't help it. We've blood tested them. They're not producing any type of testosterone. They're not t- producing any type of estrogen. They're, they're, it's not our fault. This, this is just going on in society now. They're 12, 13 years old. They're, they're failing to go through puberty. They're not going through any type of pubescence at all. They're no, nothing's happening. We, we, can't, we, can't, we can't hold these children accountable. They need to be able to do and perform and go wherever they want to go, any bathroom, any sport. They need to be able to do it. And this has been the first phase now of multi-phase prong approach, in my opinion, to completely and totally corrupt and demoralize the entire American population to bring in perversion. And dad nailed it on the head with a shot on what they're going to do. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends, because this is not a joke. This is not going to stop. Clearly, this is going to be pushed harder and harder and harder as much as they possibly can get it off the ground. Also, too, in other news, this is something I wanted to bring up because you guys know I'm a big Second Amendment supporter. I always encourage people to understand how to operate with firearms safely. There was a video and a couple that was charged, if you guys saw this, and it was back in Michigan, and it was years back in 2020. It feels like it was so long ago. It was summer 2020, right in the midst of the BLM terrorists that were running around, burning down cities all across the country. And if you saw, there were numerous videos and numerous instances of assaults against all types of people, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, didn't matter. BLM terrorists knew no bounds. They were dragging people out of cars, curb stomping them. They were shooting at people in vehicles. They were throwing firebombs. They were the Bolsheviks in 2020, and they were clearly funded by that. They weren't standing up for any type of alleged black lives. Because we have now seen that not a single penny of the literally hundreds of millions of dollars that was funneled through that slush fund that they called BLM went to the went to any type of city funding. None. Zero. Not Candace Owens broke the entire story last year. She did a whole video on it. Not one single penny has gone back to the communities. Not one. Nothing. A lot of the places that were burned down by the BLM terrorists still are burned down and charred ashes. Just gone, just pile of heat. Nothing. Nothing there anymore. They got nothing. And there was a video of Eric and Jillian Westbrook, and they're a white couple that went into a Chipotle's, if you guys remember this, and she was pregnant. And she walked into Chipotle's, and apparently the daughter of the other one, there was two black women and a white male and a white female. This is what happened. And the daughter ran into the pregnant white woman, and essentially there was an altercation about who should say sorry, and it ended up turning into this giant argument. And the man and woman were leaving Chipotle, and the black mom got in front of the pregnant woman's face and 
blocked her from getting in her car and essentially wouldn't let her get in her car. And both of the black females had their cameras out recording the entire incident, putting their cameras in everybody's face. And then suddenly the husband got the wife in the car the entire time. They are trying to be as common as collect. They're not using profanity. They're not screaming. They're literally looking at him and going, what is wrong with you guys? What is wrong with this? And then the black mom says, oh, won't you get back out of your car and I'll beat your white blankety blank, cussing at him and threatening at him. Then when they go to back up in their minivan, the mom legit, literally jumps in front of the back of the minivan and gets hit with the car intentionally and falls down. Then all H-E double sticks breaks loose and the woman – who I don't understand why the father, the dad, the husband wasn't the alpha in the situation. The mom, the pregnant mom, gets out of the vehicle and draws her pistol and points it. Now, she's extremely controlled her firearm. Her finger never goes on the trigger at one time. You can tell she's had training, which I always encourage people to do. And she told them to back up as two more assailants started walking through the parking lot. Now it was four on two. Now you've been, where you've hit somebody now and you're not supposed to leave the scene of a crime. And the whole thing was a giant boondockle. Well, if you remember, they left. They got arrested for felony uh, – uh, what is it? Got? I'll, I'll tell you right here the charge. They got charged with felonies on this. And – what was crazy about this entire thing is the entire charges now had been completely dropped because the alleged two individuals that were recording it, they didn't even show up to the final court hearing to actually do anything at all. They went on to say here that the uh, why the comments that were going around as far as the threats, they said that the lady still allegedly didn't have a right to draw her firearm. That was allegedly what they said in Michigan. The trial was set for Monday. However, the judge dismissed all charges after the alleged victims didn't show up to provide witness testimony. They had been charged with felonious assault, a four-year felony. The heated exchange stemmed from what I talked about earlier. And what was crazy about this is the whole incident that was so bad, that was so horrific that these individuals tried to press charges against them, they didn't even show up to court. Why? Because the whole thing was a complete and total sham. They knew they were trying to set them up. They were goading them. They were baiting them. I always encourage you, if you are carrying deadly force, do the best you can to de-escalate the situation and get out of the situation. I was always told and trained, if you draw your firearm, you better be using it. Do not start drawing your weapon and start pointing it at people erroneously just because you feel like you're in a situation. If you draw it, you better draw it because you feel like you have to start using deadly force. That's just what I was told. You make your own decisions on that. I'm not giving you legal advice. But this situation was horrific. It was completely unnecessary. It escalated out of nothing. Even while the couple was trying to actually leave the scene and get out, they were completely and totally boxed and bombarded and then had threats that they allegedly hit somebody and now didn't even show up to court, completely failed, multiple hearings, and the entire case has been dismissed, ironically enough. And again, this shows you why it's so important to do the best you can to de-escalate a situation, to get out of there the best you can, and try, try to let cooler heads prevail because you never know who's carrying a firearm. And that goes the same way for these, the mom and this, this, this daughter that were running their mouths on the phone. They're blessed that this lady wasn't a psycho psychopath, and she didn't pull out a pistol and just start dumping rounds down range at them. Honestly, you don't know. That's why it's so important. I always tell people down when they come down to Florida, Florida is a real state with real road rage. And people carry guns and bats and clubs and axes, and I'm not exaggerating. And so when you start getting in a confrontation on the interstate doing 70 miles an hour, the best thing to do, dude, just get over to the right lane, get in the middle lane, slow down, de-escalate it, let them go. Because there's some people.
people out there, you don't know what they're on. You don't know if they're on crank or meth. You don't know if they're on prescription drugs. You don't know if they just got divorced. You have no idea what's happening. And you doing something like brake checking them on the interstate at 70 miles an hour may be that last thing that sends them over the edge and they go absolutely nuts. I've had people do that to me before where they're in the left lane doing 60 miles an hour and I flash them my high beams like, hey, dude, the speed limit's 70, which means it's 85 in Florida. Get over and I've literally had them jam on their brakes when there's 10, 12 cars behind me, and I'm usually pretty good about tailgating. I mean, I don't do it. So I leave good enough gap. I jam on my brakes. Everybody jams behind me, and I'm looking at them going, what are you doing? You're about to cause a dozen car pileup because you're refusing to move over because I flashed you. Don't be that guy. Don't be like the, the, the Facebook book page, left lane Priuses, those guys absolutely are blithering morons. and They clearly have no understanding on how violent some people can be in society if they become unhinged. Use your best discretion in every situation. And again, if you're carrying deadly force, absolutely always do your best to be willing to walk away. What do you think, Dad? <laughs> walk away is about the right way to do it nowadays, Austin. Yeah. I remember uh, I've got a good friend of mine. His name is Scott, and he basically does uh, car appraisals, et cetera. And you know, people bring cars all the time to the Chevy dealership and they're trading them in. And he says he's seen everything, axes, billy clubs, ninja swords. I mean, full three foot like long actual swords, <laughs> people's cars, I guess this, this members are hacking each other, uh, guns, shotguns, 12 gauges. He said he's seen it all. And uh, he said that people carry this stuff in the front seat with them all the time for road rage. And, you know, when he asks them a question about it, you know, they tell him that or he just tries to ignore what he sees in the car. And it's just people don't understand how dangerous it is. And, and plus, think about it for a second. You pull a gun and you brandish a weapon in the state of Florida because of road rage because you're trying to protect yourself and you allow yourself to get to that state. And they call the cops on you and they follow you and they have the cops follow you. Uh, then that's your word against their word that basically you pulled a gun on them. And now you can go to jail for three years because you pulled a pistol on somebody in a car that you never basically tried to run you off the road. It's just it, stuff happens like that all the time. So it's just best to avoid all of that stuff and not get yourself into a situation where, you know, you're going to find it okay. I remember a couple of years ago over here on I-4, we went towards Orlando. A group of motorcycles got into a big fight and the cars and they were shooting at each other and they were picking up. They had the closed I-4 down. They had bullet casings everywhere. You can't make this stuff up. They actually had to shut the interstate down because they had to go pick up bullet casings, make sure there weren't live rounds and people got shot and hit on the bikes. And I mean, Grady Judd was pretty upset about that. He said, you can't be having, you know, shootouts on motorcycles, you know, in Polk County. It's not okay. And be careful out there. It's not worth it. Just the other day, I was going from the left lane into the middle lane. Someone was coming from the right lane into the middle lane. And quite frankly, we kind of emerged there at the same time. And I swerved. That guy got all mad, jumped in front of me, slammed on his brake. I just got over the right-hand lane. Thought, well, I'm not going to escalate this. Just going to let it go. I slowed down, let him go on down the road. You think, well, did you really do that? Well, yeah. What do you want me to do? Get into a doggone, you know, shooting fight on the interstate because somebody, you know, and I merged together in the middle lane. I can do that. Glad we didn't hit each other. That's my best thing. Is, gosh, thank gosh we didn't whack each other and cause all kinds of damage to both vehicles when we get hurt. So just be really – that's why I don't like three-lane highways. I like six-lane super highways. You can move around. People expect you to move around. But when you're in a three-lane highway, someone's in the right lane, somebody's in the, in, the, in, the, in the far left lane, and you got the middle lane. They both come together on that. It's really dangerous. Be careful out there. Oh, by the way, this is a pretty big story. They lied about everything. There's a 96-page D.C. police report that's been uncovered, and it shows that the government knew that the MAGA group was coming on January the 6th and was going to try to do the best to entrap everybody what they did. According to Attorney Joe McBride, who uncovered, who uncovered the report, the government knew MAGA was coming to D.C., and so they entrapped them. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and post this article. 
and I've got it. They've got it listed in here, and I'm not going to. The article itself is all chopped up, so I'm not going to try to read it. The, the, the D.C. police were not were told not to fire projectiles in the crowd, but they did it anyhow. And two Trump supporters had probably had heart attacks and died from flash bombs because he blew up in their face. Uh, I'm going to post this for, for you guys. I mean, it's, it's important that we understand this. That you know we have to realize that a lot of people basically were getting set up for the Patriot movement. And I hate to say it, by Donald Trump. Donald Trump really, really, really did everybody wrong by not pardoning everybody associated with January the 6th. There should have been a group pardon with all of that stuff and been done with it all. Uh, him walking away from the White House now he's saying, oh, I'm going to pardon him if, if I get back in the office. What about the people that are going to be in jail for four years before he gets back in the office? How about those poor souls? What the heck did they do? Like the guy running around with his little horns on, whatever his name was, the, the shaman or whatever he was. I mean, he didn't do anything, but yet he's rotting in jail for 40 months. I mean, it's insanity. So, how's Trump? so Trump gets back in there after four years if he wins again. How's he going to get the guy's four years of his life back? Hmm? Let me ask you that question. He's not going to get his life back. He'll be out of prison by then. I mean, this insanity was happening. And, you know, and then what happened last week, we also was talking about with the white boys. The judge has now denied requests from the January 6th defendants to cross-examine the FBI agent on leaked messages. Wait a minute. Yeah, about that. Defendants on the ongoing January the 6th Capitol breach trial suffered a defeat on Monday as the court ordered that the defendants may not cross-examine an FBI agent for most of the defense attorney's allegations that spawned from the internal FBI messages inadvertently leaked in court. Judge Timothy Leary, a Trump-appointed judge, I may add, <clears throat> on Monday addressed allegations made by attorneys on the January 6th defendants that targeted leaked internal FBI messages, which were revealed in court when Nick Smith, the defense attorney representing Ethan Morant, Norman, Nordean, cross-examined FBI Special Agent Nicole Miller on the stand last Thursday. The judge denied all but one of the defendants' arguments about the leaked messages. That leaves a narrow space for the defendants to maneuver should they wish to upend the trial based on these messages alone. I don't even know what to say. Austin covered this in depth, I think it was last Friday, and talked about it in depth about these people were doing and how they did it. And now they're being denied this by a Trump-appointed judge. It goes to show you the legal wrangling that occurs on a continual basis on in the, uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the in the legal system. I mean, it's insanity. You know, I mean, how many millions? I've got a friend of mine. He's, he's got he, – I think he's up to 4 or $5 million now he's had to pay. To defend himself against charges that he said that vitamin D, you know, could cure COVID, which he never said. And, and you know, vitamin D will massively strengthen the immune system. But we'll do that. But he never said it would cure COVID. And they charged him for that and basically tried to take his license away. They, they, it's been going on for years now. And, and so he's got millions and millions of dollars in the lawsuit. And, and they told him that the, that the, the government will not issue an apology because it's a matter of national security. <laughs> and, and now they keep postponing the trial, postponing the trial, postponing the trial, continuing to just run up legal bills. It's sad. The whole thing is just sad, and, 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 and it's crazy that we're all finding ourselves in situations like our legal system has completely failed us because of the compromise. Remember this, and I said this again to some friends yesterday. Where are the people's names, and why do we not know the people's names of the folks that raped all those young girls, statutorily raped them on Jeffrey Epstein's you know, you know, Leola Island, his, his date rape island out there in, in the Caribbean? And why in the world haven't they been disclosed? Why these names have not been disclosed? Because quite frankly, there are a lot of people out there that, you know, we need to know who they are. Was this judge one of these people? I mean, I don't know. You know, his, are, are these people's parents or families being threatened? We don't know. 
the, the point is, is that we need to have full disclosure with this stuff, but they're not giving us that either because, again, the politicians out there are going to vote for it, one. The judges out there who are going to probably be on the same list, they're not going to vote for it either because they don't want their names exposed. And there we have it. We've been blackmailed as a country and as a judiciary and as a legislative body of the United States of America by people who like to have sex with little children or with homosexuals or with, or with gays or, or, or with the drugs or, or with the prostitutes. And on and on and on and on and on. It's just on and on this is happening throughout the entire government structure that we're in right now to the point that our shadow government that runs everything behind the scenes, these unappointed, unelected – well, they're appointed, but unelected committees that are out there are basically running everything. I mean it, it's sad. John Whitehead had a really good commentary, and he goes, the geofence surveillance. First they spot on protesters, then the churches, and you're next. So he goes, this is Senator Frank Church. Back in 1975, he goes, I know the capability that is there to make tyranny total in America, and we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over into the abyss. That is the abyss from which there is no return. (laughs) Article goes on to say, if you give the government an inch, it will always take a mile. This is how slippery the slope to all-out persecution starts. Mark Neal Miller's warning about the widening net that has stared all of us, warning issued response to the posed threat posed by Nazi Germany's fascist regime still applies. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unions, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I still did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Guys, listen to me. The FBI uses geofence warrants to identify individuals who were there in the vicinity of capitals on January the 6th, 2021. It wasn't long before the government officials in California used cell phone and geofence data to track the number and movements of churchgoers and church grounds during the COVID lockdowns. On and on and on, this is happening to us, and we are being basically ensnared in a digital prison without bars that we can see, but there are bars there nonetheless. That's why you have to keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. That's why you have to realize that God is the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith through Christ. And that's why you've got to remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's why we've got to continue to love one another and support one another. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys at the end of the day. I really, really appreciate you guys. I love you. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you tomorrow. You're absolutely right. And that's why I've continually told people before, if you need to, put your phone in a uh, one of those cases. You can get them online. They basically block all signal out of your phone. You won't get phone calls. You won't get text messages while it's in there. But if you feel like you need to do something or you're going somewhere, you're having a conversation, you want to have a private one, put it in a case because it's that it's that bad now. As far as people actually think it's a joke, it's real. Why do you think the social media ads, if you ever had social media and you don't have your permissions turned off and your camera covered and your phone will put away, you'll constantly have ads directing exactly what you're talking about. That happened to me before years ago. That's what I told you before now. Not only do I keep permissions off, most of the time I'll keep my phone with me unless I'm using it for work. And I always keep the selfie camera covered up all the time, period. Somebody's got to FaceTime me for something or a business meeting, then I'll pull it off. And it takes two seconds. A little piece of scotch tape completely you know, wipes it out. They are monitoring everything. And people go, well, I don't have anything to hide. You don't have anything to hide at all if you're not doing anything wrong. However, it doesn't even matter if you're doing anything wrong, does it? <laughs> As we clearly saw January 6th, You got people that simply walked into a building that were thanking law enforcement officers for their patience and for their support as they walked around the Capitol. Yet they're getting years in prison time now for seditious conspiracy, coming up with all these crazy charges, some of which we haven't even heard of in over 100 years being brought down on people. 
And now we're finding out, again, like Dad just said, we were lied to about everything. The individuals that were the main perpetrators, that were starting the violence, that were pushing the fences, that were breaking the windows, none of them, none of them have been charged at all. They all disappeared suddenly, just poof, thin air. Oh, they were, we couldn't find them. We don't know where they are. Hey, but we, we, caught, we caught Joe Smo. He, he walked through the Capitol and took a selfie. We're, we'll charge him with seditious conspiracy because he walked through the Capitol grounds. Come on, guys. The whole thing's theater. This is why I'd be very careful what you get involved in with groups because I can tell you right now, there is an enormous amount of paid FBI informants and confidential informants that are in a lot of places right now that are trying to infiltrate groups. I'm telling you this. Be very careful who you train with, who you talk to, what you bring about conversations. If you don't know somebody really well, don't be going into detailed conversations about stuff, or especially talking to random people about your preps or your food buckets or anything like that. Get what you need. Keep it, keep it low-key. Stick with your friends and family that you know well and be very, very cautious. I continue to encourage you on that. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. We're here to help you out the best we possibly can. If you got any questions on the spike protein survival kit on sale for 10% off with the natokinase, the vitamin E, and the N-acetylcysteine, feel free to give us a call or check it on the website. We still have the two-pack special on the organic food buckets on the front pet web page as well. If you want to stock up on any organic food to have on backup, continue, my friends, to keep up the fight. Keep your mind and body strong and do the best you can to inform other people, especially what we've been seeing now continually with these shots and what they've been doing to these children because this is the next generation that's coming up. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.